honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. And welcome in to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Silas Realty Group. Silas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. Penalty Box Radio Live, and I'm your host, Alex Darty, here with Sean Smith on Wednesday, October 11th. We are ready to talk about an actual hockey game, Sean. Yay! <laughs> Today on the show, we will recap the first Preds game of the season. Nashville unfortunately lost 5-3 to in Tampa, but a lot to break down and a lot to look forward to. A former Preds player made some noise during the game, but Ooh. he wasn't playing, so we'll hear about that soon. And uh, we will talk about the two some, some things to improve uh, that the team needs to make before uh, Game 2 on Thursday, which is, of course, a home game against Seattle. Plus, we will, of course, have our 3-on-3 three -three draft today, which is a fun one. Sean, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Alex. Uh, really happy to be here. I'll tell you, for the most part... I'm really happy to not be making predictions about the season and ready to be talking about the season that's happening. Actually, you know what? We have to scratch all of that. We can't actually talk about any of that because what? guess what? What? Connor Bedard just scored his first NHL goal. What? We are going to spend 45 minutes talking about that instead. Oh, I wonder Let's what break he had down for the breakfast. Tape. Let's <laughs> break down the tape. Was he wearing a bucket or not? Oh, I don't know. Boy. Just kidding. The puck drop topic for today... Sean, I want you to give me just a quick take on this question. Okay. Which player just impressed you the most from Game 1 last night in Tampa? Go. Okay, so I'll say this. I'm going to go with Philip Forsberg. And that may seem like a, you know, well, that's an easy go-to answer. Forsberg is often impressive. But let's say this. We hadn't seen Forsberg at the end of the last season. And uh, he came back with six shots. When he's shooting a lot, you know that Phillip's feeling good about himself. He likes the way his shot's going. So seeing that happen a lot's awesome. And uh, his two assists, even though they weren't goals, assists are the same as goals because they all result in scoring. But uh, I'll tell you what. I liked what I saw. Really good vision um, to see Parsonen had his guy beat and to make that pass, especially seeing he had a clear path to the goal. That was awesome. And, of course, uh, making that last-minute adjustment and uh, switching from maybe taking a shot over to shooting for a redirect from O'Reilly, which O'Reilly, of course, brought home. And I, I think it's impressive to see Forsberg when he's feeling, his, feeling himself, and I think he's definitely feeling himself now. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Philip Forsberg is a, is a really solid one. I'm going to go with Tommy Novak. For reasons I will break down later, Tommy Novak looks excellent right now. Agreed. I think he is going to be that guy that he was last year for the Preds again. Now, he probably won't always have pinpoint goals like he did, but man, that power play goal was a beautiful it's one. Nasty. And I think I think that's a really good sign for for the Predators that he looks the way he does. So we are going to break down last night's game pretty in detail. Yes, because we have. Spent a lot of time talking about other things and previewing and what are the line combinations. Now we actually have 60 minutes to break down. Wow. Unfortunately, <laughs> the first 20 minutes of that 60 minutes... That was a breakdown. Were, yeah, talk about breakdown. That yeah. was real bad. So the Preds last night open up with a terrible first period. Mm -mm. Uh, they could not do anything. Um, they had two shots. They, were, they just looked like they weren't skating. It looked like they had... Um, no, no direction to go, but down, like backwards, they just they couldn't do anything against Tampa. I don't even think Tampa was 
pushing that much, but they looked awful in yeah, the first 20 minutes. It was like a failure to launch, almost like uh, like they didn't they weren't skating with urgency. They weren't ready to go. I, I don't know what the deal was. So after what happened was those 20 minutes, those 20 minutes go down. They're down. They're down one nothing in the the first period. Only two shots, and then during the intermission, okay, we hear from a former Preds player, and he gives his thoughts on the team. Let's let's hear from a former Preds player on uh, on during the intermission after the first period. Wakey, wakey, exit, wakey. This is game one. You're on the road. You can't wait till you're at Bridgestone Arena to wait for the crowd to get you into it. Yeah. This is game one. You got a lot of young players in the lineup. You got a team that's missing their best player right now. I don't see why you wouldn't be fired up. You got to be skating at least. They're yeah. not even pounding their legs. You should be ripping the door off the hinges, excited for a new season to make a difference for your new coach. It's unacceptable for Nashville. I know Yossi gets called in the penalty. It was We agree it was chintzy. It was a chintzy call, but there's some frustration there and there should be. They got to play better. He wants than that. the bench guys already. already it's well, minutes. Listen, yeah. let's go. Twenty when minutes you into start? the season, yeah. you're gonna wait till game twenty to be out of the playoffs. Ooh, that was of course PK Subban wow. on ESPN wow. during the intermission, who was excellent in the in that role last night. It was a really really good entertaining uh, whole pr- production by them. But PK Subban just laying into the Predators there. There, there's a lot to break down there, Alex. It's, it's not just calling them out, but I mean, there's that comment there. You can't wait till mm. 20 games into the season, and when you're out of the playoffs, yeah, That's, that seemed very, I don't know, that seemed very direct. He came at him pretty hard, and uh, but guess what? The team came to life in that second period. Ryan O'Reilly gets the, his first goal, the Predators' first goal of the year from Philip Forsberg. You mentioned this earlier. That's right. They had power plays that were looked a lot better than the one in the first period. Then in the third period, Yuso uh, Parsonen opened the scoring just 11 seconds into the third period, just after, um, so it was 1-1 going into the third, and then he breaks the, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, now I'm, I'm blanking. Was that the actual... <laughs> Yeah, it was one one. Yeah, he breaks the he breaks the the tie to go up two to one. Because then Roman Yossi almost made it three to one, except that goal got called back. Yeah, I don't, you, I don't know about that. That seemed. I think that was a good call. Nah, I think it was a good call. I'm gonna respectfully disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> so Yuso Parson, though, it's just an excellent play off the puck where he he reads the play accurately off of Ryan O'Reilly and then sees that Forsberg is about to to gather the puck for a pass and just goes to, right to the perfect spot and uh, and puts it home for, to go up 2-1. to one. Um, But Tampa comes back, ties it up on a Nick Paul power play, uh, then a penalty shot, which I, I'm a little confused as to why it was a penalty shot, but, I mean, I guess it technically was a breakaway. Um, Tommy Novak comes back with a power play goal that was a beautiful, beautiful shot and I think just... Um, perfect example of what one thing I'm going to talk about later with the power play that they started doing as the game went on uh excellent goal there then we have some some things that get a little dicey yeah some so, nonsense here some nonsense where Jeremy Lozon in the third period I mean he he's being physical with Connor Sheary his stick does go up high but it just does not look like it makes contact no. with Connor Sheary no, I I agree I don't think it made contact I mean is if that if that if that was contact, then that was not goaltender interference. <laughs> I mean, uh, I had a number of people. I, I tweeted out the video of it. A number of people who were uh, agreed with me, and then some people who were like, "I think it might make contact with his chin, like a little bit." And it's just like I don't even think it made any contact. I think it doesn't even come close, really. Nope. 
And Shiri, great play to, to, to sell it, even though that's a penalty in and of itself. That leads to a second power play goal. And the, the Preds at that point, the last seven, eight minutes of the game, they really pressured to get that tying goal. Um, again, we're going to break down that a little bit later in the, in the, the second segment. But I, I think that what I came down or what I came away with that, the way that game ended if you'd only had that first 20 minutes, if it had been that for a, a game, you'd be feeling pretty bad about this team right now. You, you'd be wondering what the coaching change had done, I think. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at that first period of hockey, it was a slog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, I'll say there was maybe some execution errors in the Hines era of how John Hines wanted the team to play, but you, you kind of felt like you were watching a game from last season uh, when things weren't going so well. And and that's what, of course, you know, we're not expecting to see. We've seen the team get a new coach, go out and get a coach that's offensively minded, wants a fast rush attack, and, and then you see that for 20 minutes and you go, oh, boy, uh, is, this, is this what the team's going to be? Or is this a matter of, you know, they're just still learning the system? Uh, is the system not fully in place? Is it something, especially with so many new members of the team, they're having to really work on it uh, as the season begins instead of having it all worked out? You know, Tampa, they've been together a long time. You know, they've mm-hmm. had the same coach for a long time. They they did have some new faces last night, though. Nick a few Paul. new faces, sure. Yeah. But they, for the most part, it was business as usual for the Lightning. And I think that was really the big difference is you're seeing a team that's working, doesn't have an identity yet, going against a team that has a very clear identity. Yeah. But the 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 second half of the game basically, really really the second two periods are very encouraging. Um especially yeah. on the power play where it that got a lot better. The penalty kill did a pretty good job. I mean, they they gave up they gave up two power play goals to a very good power play team in Tampa, but I I think there's a lot there was a lot to get excited about in terms of where maybe where the the game changed and then also how brunette and the coaches adjusted to what was going on i don't know that there's anything that you can say is like okay here's one of the big issues last year was the team just never did anything anything particularly well there was not one except for uc soros there wasn't one thing that they could just rely on every night i think that they got a little bit of hey this team's gonna punch back this team's gonna have a little bit more bite than you thought and Tampa saw that, and when they went up three to two, uh, it kind of felt like Tampa was like, "Oh, we got to scramble to try to try to win this game now." I think it put them on their heels. Yeah, so I I think that was that was a pretty pretty important thing. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it is still a loss five to three. I I think there's a because they got the empty net goal at the end. There's a lot of people that might think, okay, well, is it a is it a what do you call it a uh, <laughs> uh a source of pride that you you even though you lost you you came you know came close to winning i i think that you can do that this year sure last year you couldn't do that no no i think you can do it this year i mean it's again it's a it's a new coach it's a lot of new players it's it's a whole new look it's a it's still a team that's building its identity and if if part of that identity is the ability to fight back when mm-hmm. they get pushed, pushed, you know, and in, in, say they get pushed on their own end, they can fight back, battle down the ice, try to tip the ice their way a little bit. I think that is encouraging. I don't know if that's going to be as encouraging at game 82 as it would be at game one, but it's <clears throat> definitely encouraging early on to see that. Uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. 
Yeah. So um, coming up next, we are going to talk about the game a little bit more, and I want to I want to bring up one stat that kind of blew my mind, uh, considering how the game played out and how everything kind of went down with that game. I looked at this at the end of the game and thought, wow, that is pretty incredible. So we're going to talk about that next. But uh, before then, Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus is not just about property. They're about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community, and they're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee one home at a time. If you're ready to make a move, visit Salus Realty Group today and experience real estate the Salus way. Hockey fans, if you want to see some awesome junior hockey action right here in Nashville, go check out a Nashville Spartans game down in Nolensville at the Gary Force Hockey Arena. I've been to a few games. Sean's been to a few games. It's a ton of fun down there. Uh, they're still doing very well in the USPHL, and the next home game is Friday, November 10th. Go check it out. Grab your tickets at NashvilleSpartansHockey.com. Head down to Nolensville to cheer on the Spartans. All right, Sean, so... I was, uh, after watching that game last night, uh, you know, I, I felt pretty good about where things were going and uh, it thought they were going to tie it up there at the end, but they didn't end up doing that. Um, but then I checked the old advance statistics. Ooh. Did you know that there's advance stats now? Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's a, a high school math <laughs> class, maybe. I don't know. College, it, it might, something. It might be. I don't know what they're teaching these days, but I, so. Uh, Basically, I, I, I usually check a couple things whenever I'm watching games, sometimes during, sometimes after. Uh, one of the sites I use is Natural Stat Trick. I would strongly suggest if you're wanting to get into this kind of thing, you would go, you go to that site. It's free to use, and it's uh, scraping the data that the NHL already collects on the ice in terms of where the puck is, who's on the ice, how long are these shifts, what's going on, all the shot attempts, all that stuff. So, um, despite... The Predators having an absolutely terrible first period. The Preds led that game in even strength expected goals, 3.00 to 2.36. And they led in shot attempts. They even had similar power play numbers to Tampa. So here's what all that means. Basically, if you take, um, to, to think about the way expected goals works, you know, it's kind of it's a little bit more of an, an advanced math idea here, but basically... If you understand what shot attempts, that's probably that probably helps. You understand what shot attempts are. Yes, that is an attempt to shoot the puck. Uh, sometimes it ends up in a shot and a save. Sometimes it ends up in a shot and a goal. Sometimes it ends up in a shot that goes nowhere. Okay. Sometimes it ends up in a shot that gets blocked. So oh. basically, there's all kinds of calculations you can make based on how good that shot was, how far away it was, how close it was, what the angle was, what kind of a shot. Like, was it a wrist shot? Was it a slap shot? Was it a rebound? shot uh and they can do all those calculations to figure out okay well we would expect if you get this many of these kind of shots in this area it would be it would result in a goal this amount of times anyways what we're getting out here is that expected goals the nashville nashville predators were better than tampa at even strength so what that tells you is for like the majority of the game nashville was kind of dominating okay they were kind of owning the owning the ice Power play was a different, a little bit of a different story, but 
the special teams overall, the, the Tampa had a little bit better, had had more of an advantage there. But even strength-wise, despite that terrible first period, the Preds led in even strength expected goals. That is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you would assume if if the Preds had one period that was clearly not their best, uh, not even close to to good, really, that there'd be a strong chance that they weren't leading in anything over the game. So the fact that over the next two periods they were able to come back, I guess you could say, and, and start getting some, some good shots or, I guess, some expected goals. Is that what you're calling yeah, them? we're expecting the goals to happen. We're expecting the goals to happen. That's a positive thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Now, can, can I take it a step further, though, Alex? Yeah, go ahead. I've, I've done a little bit of research on my own. Oh. Okay. I, look out. You write a research paper? No. No. It's not time for a high school research paper. We don't we don't need that. What'd you find out? Okay, so it's cool that they led and expected goals uh, with with three of them. Did you say it was three point something like that? Three yeah, point something. It's interesting. Different, to different me. sites have different numbers, but yeah, that's something okay. like that. Well, it's I mean, but we agree all sites had more for the Predators, correct? Yes, yeah. Okay, I think that's true. The majority, the majority of those expected goals came from. The top line from Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Yuso Parsonen, mm-hmm. which uh, it gives me a little bit of pause for concern there. There was my pause for concern. <laughs> here's, here's what I'm going to say now. I'm concerned, Alex. Yeah. What's happening with the rest of the forwards? Well, that's, that's not a, a – un- I don't know that that's necessarily something to be concerned about. I think it's good that they, that they were such a powerful force. Um, I think the rest of the team is pretty much was pretty much focused on trying to to kind of counteract what Tampa was doing. Okay, I mean I know that the Sissons line was just work outworking their opponent, but they weren't really able to generate a ton. Trenton right. had a couple chances, but and I think the Glass line similar. The Novak line did okay, um, but I I think it was I think it was kind of all on the Forsberg O'Reilly Parson line because it had to be. Okay, Tampa's a good team. Maybe if the if the Predators had played someone a little bit more their level, maybe you would have seen it even out a little bit more. Um, but Tampa's you know a playoff team, they're a contending team. Sure. I think, and given that, you if you feel pretty good that your top line was able to rise above it. So we're we're going to look at this more in in the positive light because up against a very strong competitor, the team, even though the majority of the expected goals came from the top line, that's exactly what you want your top line to do, right? Right. You expect you expect them to have more expected goals, correct? Um, I'm not sure if, that, if that's exactly how it works, but in in our minds, for this for the purposes I, of this I conversation, I expect them yes. to have more expected. Go- I expect them to have more real goals too, okay, not yes. just imaginary goals that we're yeah. talking about, like uh, like you know, fun bedtime stories for but the kids I, here. I think the key is, I, I when you watch the game last night. It felt like they had something that was causing Tampa problems. Oh, yeah. I'll it, agree. It felt like and, – and that was a pretty fun environment to watch. It was pretty exciting to watch that because it felt like Tampa was worried that either the Forsberg line or the Novak line or, or the power play was going to do something that caused them problems. They had to counterpunch. They had to really you know put the hammer down in order to try to finish that game off. It wasn't, an, it wasn't a cakewalk. Like, I mean – No. What was the, the year where they – the Tampa beat them like all eight times, and it was miserable. <laughs> yeah, it was, we're so far away from that. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I mean, it, it felt it felt very positive for me to watch how how good that particular 
aspect of the game was, the offensive side. We're going to talk about the defense a little bit later, but I I just think offensively they did a lot of really interesting things. Um, here's what I did last or earlier today. I, I went back and watched the last six minutes of the game, and, and the reason I did this is because I wanted to try to find out what Andrew Burnett was really doing. I want to. I want th- these first few games. All I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to assess how is Burnett coaching this game. What? How is he deploying certain players? How is he? Che- how is he treating the game in, in a certain scenario? So here's a lot of. Here's some of the things that went down the last fi- the final six minutes. This is when the Predators are down four to three. Okay. They're trying to. They're trying to score to tie it up. So about six minutes since the the, the Novak line out there. They're out there for almost a full minute, actually a little bit over a full minute, and that's that's Novak with Evangelista and Tomasino. They get a couple chances, but they get a ton of offensive zone time, almost a full minute of it. It was they were just, I mean, it was a lot of board work, but they had a couple chances kind of out there. After that, it's the O'Reilly line, but he replaced Yuso Parson with Gustav Nyquist. And this was after this was on a faceoff. So this was an intentional. This wasn't just a line change. This was an intentional faceoff, offensive zone faceoff. O'Reilly's out there with Forsberg and Nyquist uh, instead of Yuso Parson. And that line gets a couple shots in about forty-five seconds. Then Glass comes over with Yuso Parson. And so he switched Yuso Parson and Nyquist with uh, on the Glass line. So Nyquist went on the top line. Parson went with Glass. Kind of an interesting swap there. And but it, it, the, the result was more possession. They kept it going in the offensive zone. Until they didn't, eventually they got a defensive zone start. Sisson's line, of course, goes out there. Uh, they do a really good job. They almost get a chance. Remember, this is the time that it was a, maybe about three minutes left. Trennan made a great play behind the net, gets it to yeah. Novak, and he missed the net, but it was a great chance. Okay, Novak came over the board because basically Novak, Novak, Tommy Novak played almost the final three minutes of this game. Like, he was a beast out there. That tells me that that the coaching staff trusts Tommy Novak to be a playmaker in yeah. the zone. I, I think so. I mean, but you should expect that, though, right? I mean, we've we've talked before. I mean, not just on this show. We've we've written articles about it. Yeah. Um, we've talked on our on our other our older podcast about mm-hmm. about Tommy Novak and what he can do. It, it it shouldn't come as a surprise that he's trusted and that he can go out and kind of dominate out there. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he played the final three minutes, that just tells you that even though, you know, he's, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's a younger guy, but he's newer to the team. I know there's plenty who are newer, but he's newer to the team. There's a lot of trust there already. Yeah. So two two minutes and 20 seconds, just to finish off this, this real quick, I want to go through all this, but two minutes, 20 seconds left, that's when Soros gets pulled. On the ice, you're six for skaters on the ice for when Soros is pulled. 22 so Tyson Berry, Roman Yossi, Forsberg, O'Reilly, Parson, and Nyquist. That, so that was the one time where Novak's not out there. But then pretty pretty soon after that, Nyquist comes off and Novak goes back on. There's a couple icings. Yossi, Roman Yossi gets a ton of chances there at the end. He gets a couple slap shots. He gets uh, they're they're trying to go for they're going for tips. There's tip pucks everywhere. All while this is going on, Tommy Novak and Cody Glass are just around the outside, just picking up pucks and dishing them back to the point. Yeah. Picking up pucks, dishing them back to the point. O'Reilly's trying to get tips. Forsberg trying to get tips. Um, Barry's doing some stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. They don't tie it. 
they they get they come close and then they they get the empty netter with like what three seconds left or yeah. something like that. So, uh, really interesting stuff. Really and a pretty exciting final six minutes, honestly. And uh, we'll 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 cover more of that. We'll talk a little bit more about the power play and the defense did. Um, and we're gonna hear from one of the defensemen on this team who ma- there was an interesting change on the defense that I thought was. Pretty interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about when we come back. But uh, before before we go, Sean, well, tell us about. Yeah, speaking of defense, Alex. Oh you know, yeah, defense. The National Predators have had some incredible defenders over the years: Weber, Ellis, Ekholm, Subban, and of course Roman Yossi. But every great defender needs a great partner. When you're looking to buy or sell a house in the greater Nashville area, you'll find a great partner in Salas Realty Group. Their comprehensive listings offer detailed property descriptions, images, and virtual tours for an immersive experience of Nashville homes for sale. At Salas Realty Group, building relationships is their priority. With unparalleled customer satisfaction, make Salas your trusted partner in Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Sean. Yes? Do you know who plays tonight? Do you know what, what hockey team plays tonight? Oh, gosh. Um, let me think. Uh, the, the Calgary Hitmen. The Saskatoon Blades. Oh. They play the Edmonton Oil Kings, and guess what? Um, that's a really cool-sounding uh, team. <laughs> Tanner Molendyke of the Saskatoon Blades and first-round draft pick of the Nashville Predators has six points in four games for Saskatoon. Whoa. And they're 4-2. and two. Whoa. And they're, uh, they're they're looking pretty good. So um, I'm really excited about that. That's that's great. I want to give a quick shout-out to On the Future PBR. That is uh, Eric, with, who writes for Penalty Box Radio, who covers all the prospects. He does a fantastic job tracking all of the stats, keeping track of all of the Nashville Predators prospects as they come in and out of the system. And... Uh, you got it. You got to follow him on Twitter, on X, and and find all the stuff he has to, to say about the Predators' uh, prospects. So, just wanted to give a quick shout out, Tanner Mullendike on the ice tonight against the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Excited about that. That's exciting. All right. Before we uh, left for the for the break, we were talking about the defense. So, pretty much, we thought that the defense was going to be set at uh, in a certain way. We thought it was pretty much going to be Yossi and Shin, correct, and McDonough. And Barry, yes, and then Lozon and yep. either Carrier or Fabro, and with Fabro being scratched, it was like, okay, well, Carrier is going to slot in with Lozon, but not so fast, my friend. What? They made a switch that was pretty interesting. So Carrier is now with with Ryan McDonough, and Barry was with um, uh, was well. Here's the thing: Barry was with Yossi at times. Barry was also with with uh, Al, um, Jeremy Lozon at times. But Luke Shen kind of was supposed to be this, you know, paired with Roman Yossi, but he really kind of didn't play as much with Yossi as we expected. Uh, but the, the real change to me is McDonough with Carrier. And I actually talked to Alex Carrier at practice about that change because I was curious about what, you know, what his goals are in terms of this year. What is he learning from McDonough? Uh, so I want to play that real quick because I, I, think he's, I think it's interesting hearing him talk about the communication that he's had with Ryan McDonough. So here's Alex Carrier before... Uh, this is from Monday at practice. To get better every day, that's my goal this year, you know, to improve every day, to come in with a purpose and actually work on some stuff and and translate that to a game. So 
uh, with guys like that, I can only learn so much from them, especially from like a guy like uh, uh, McDonough and Shen, you know, really strong defensively uh, that I can learn from. And then you got Yo's ties that's really good offensively. Uh, so for me, it's about getting better every day. So that's perfect. Like, we can all challenge ourselves. Got a lot of discussion, especially with McDonough right now because we're playing together. But that's yeah. the discussion about the system and how he plays, situation. And even coming back during the preseason, going back on the bench after a shift, be like, what do you think about that? <clears throat> you know, I tried something. What do you think and all that? So really interesting to to um, pick their brain a bit. Do you think that with, with Bruno, uh, your role as an offensive defenseman, will have a chance to, to grow a little bit? You think you'll have a little bit more of a chance to, to jump up into the play and, and create some offense? I think so. I think it's, yeah, he wants us uh, to get in the rush and support the, the forwards and use our skating abilities. So that's that fits with me. I always love jumping in, uh, supporting the rush and all that. You don't want to lead the rush, but you want to support it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to fit, fit uh, right in. Great. I really liked what he said there about he doesn't want to lead the rush, he wants to support the rush. That is, I think, a really key piece of information for understanding how Brunette wants to coach the defensive side of the offensive attack. No, it's that's it doesn't seem like some kind of crazy novel idea, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something a little bit different for for this Nashville Predators team. Yeah, I, I think the exception is Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi can lead any attack he wants. Obviously, yeah, come on, he's got those skills. But for Carrier, for Fabro when he gets in there, for Tyson Berry, for the other you know, Lozon and, and McDonough whenever they get a chance, you know, it's about supporting. It's about not about leading because if if you are leading the attack, if if let's say Tyson Berry has a chance to jump up in the attack, but you know there's you know there's not a clear you know path to the other zone. There's there's more guys in the way. If he jumps up and tries to make too much happen, it can create so much, so many problems the other way. Yeah. Because then you've got forwards that have to uh, cycle back to try to cover for him. Uh, you've got a defenseman in a position who's, you know, he's, he's Tyson Berry's good, but he's not, you know, he doesn't have the playmaking skills of a Novak or a Forsberg. Right. So you just you can get out of position a little bit. So I actually really like Alex Carrier with Ryan McDonough. I think the difference between them is pretty pretty noticeable i mean in terms sure. of what kind of defenseman they are ryan mcdonough just really really physical and and very smart and plays the angles really well and alex carey just a lot has a lot more speed to his game sure. so i think that change was kind of interesting what do you think about it i think that's i th- i think you're talking about the change uh, of the pairings yeah yeah okay. P- putting carey with mcdonough yeah so i you said that we we all thought that shin was going to be playing a lot more i feel like somebody in this room right now, didn't think that he was going to be playing as was much. That, was that you? It was me, Alex. I, 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 I don't said, see anybody I, else here. So. Oh, that's right. I don't see anybody else. It must be me. Yeah, I, I feel like that comment got taken out of context. That doesn't mean that they're mm. not expecting to pair Shin with, with Yossi, but I think I think there was some emphasis put on that that a lot of people out there took that to mean that this is the top pairing. It's going to be Yossi and Shin. Yeah. Shin's playing 23 minutes a night, and I just don't think – I still just don't think that's true. He, we didn't see it yeah, last night. He logged 15-something, like less than 16 minutes, which I think if you're doing that, if Luke Shins plays 15, 16 minutes a night and still has a, an impact on the game, not always a good one, but it still has an impact on the game, uh, that's fine. Everybody can make an impact. Yes. Well, Shin made a couple of impacts the other way that weren't as good, but we'll, you know, maybe it's just the first game. It was, it was the first game. Let's talk about the power play for a second because defensively, I actually think the power play – had some interesting things. So one, they mentioned this on the broadcast. Um, 
that the Nashville Predators still use a two two defensemen on the power power play, which most teams don't do. Most people most teams go with one. Right. But you have to think about who these defensemen are. So the the two defensemen on the top power play for Nashville, it's Roman Yossi and Tyson Berry. So in the context of a power play where you're in the zone and you're trying to find offense, Roman Yossi is basically a forward. Sure. So what was interesting was when they had Barry out there, when they had that those five out there, Barry is more the quarterback, the point man. He's at the top of the of the zone, quarterbacking the whole thing, and Yossi is just roaming. Yossi's all over the place in the power play. Yossi's Roman. Oh my god, Yossi is Roman. You put it. You put it out there. I did. You put it out there. Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly are kind of more in the net front. O'Reilly definitely. Forsberg kind of low and, and moving towards the high part of the zone. Glass kind of the same thing on the other side. But Barry's the one at the point, keeping the puck in and distributing. Yossi is just all over the place. I mean, in in a good way. He's yeah. He's floating to where the defense isn't. He's creating angles where they can be taken. Uh, so that was interesting, and watching that kind of – I mean, I guess we saw some of that last year, but it wasn't until last night in the second and third periods that we saw it really kind of work. The second unit had Alex Carrier as the lead defenseman, okay. as we just talked yeah. – as we just heard from. And I think that worked too. I think that was that made a lot of sense. Well, you you got to understand that if, if you were Carrier, and, I mean, he said it himself, he's got guys around him – Great defenders he can learn from, not just about being a defensive defender, but being someone who can also generate offense as well. I mean, what what, what a great situation for, for Carrier to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And then to have that trust to be put out there on that second unit as the quarterback. And it's interesting, you know, you talk about Yossi being free to roam. Um, realistically, he did some quarterbacking last year, mm-hmm. but I think with Barry doing it this year, he's really freed up. Yeah. I think he really has um, like the security back there to know that Barry's going to be doing what he needs to do, allowing him to get up there and really create some chaos. And that's that's what you want to see happen on the power play. Definitely. Yeah, and, and the the other thing on the second unit, so Carrier was the, the quarterback there. With that unit, was uh, it may have changed a little bit, but it was basically Tomasino, Evangelista, Novak with Gus Nyquist. And... On the goal, they kind of flooded that left side. So, so Tomasino and uh, and Nyquist and Evangelista were on that side with with Carrier and, and Evangelista was kind of sorry. Let me say that again. <laughs> Novak and Nyquist and Tomasino were on the left side. Carrier at the top. Evangelista, if you watch the goal, he's just over there by himself. He just no one's even looking at him. He's just kind of chilling. But that's because Tommy Novak just did his thing and picked a spot. And wow, what a goal! Man. So. But I wanted to credit Tomasino for screening the goalie there. If you True. watch that goal again, Tomasino just all up in Johansson Johansson's face on that goal. I think it's Johansson. Yo Johansson Johansson, <laughs> the son of Johan. I don't know. The son of Johan was screened by the son of Thomas. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so speaking of Johansson and Johansson, I had a, a thought experiment that I wanted to, to run by you. Let's go. You mentioned the Forsberg play. We were talking about this before the show. Yeah, uh, it, I know we're kind of jumping all over now because we we covered the defense. That's what we were wanting to do. But I, do you think that that play? All right, let's think for a second. Forsberg is breaking in on the first goal. Forsberg breaking in, but not with Ryan O'Reilly. Say he's breaking in with Ryan Johansson, who 
he played with for many years. In that exact play. So think about that right now. Does that play happen? Does does Ryan Johansson score that same kind of goal that O'Reilly scored to tie the game? No. No, I don't think so. Why not? Well, first, I don't think – this is going to sound bad. I don't think Johansson would have been up that far yet. <laughs> I think he would have been skating slower yeah. than O'Reilly. I don't think it would have been as, as – uh, willful of a skater that night and i think he would have been farther behind the play you must be willful yeah i i agree with you i I think that 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 was i I could not agree more because i I was thinking about that a lot like o'reilly's skill in driving the net is not just in his physical ability but it's just he has a sense of urgency right when it comes down to the offensive end that you just really didn't see a lot from johansson johansson ton of skill i mean just unbelievable reach and Skill with the puck, great at passing. We saw that for years. But his urgency in like getting to that specific area where you need to get in order to receive that pass, I mean, O'Reilly's, that's his, that's his game. Yeah, I just don't think Johansson would have been there the way O'Reilly was there. What about Duchesne? Probably a stronger chance of Duchesne being up there. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think I can just safely say no. I don't think I can discount Duchesne from being there. I think he would have had a, a pretty good chance. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Duchesne probably a little bit more of a chance. But anyways, we don't have to worry about that because they're in other they're with other teams. Duchesne's in Dallas and Johansson's in Colorado. And Ryan O'Reilly, who scored his first goal as Nashville Predator, is in Nashville. Ooh. So um in our final segment, we are gonna have some final thoughts on the first game, including some things they need to change. I think Sean has a, a take on that that I, I think everyone needs to hear, and I think that a lot of people will agree with. Uh but before we do that, look, buying a home, it can be stressful. It's a huge decision. There's a lot of things to consider and analyze. But with an experienced real estate professional at Salas Realty, Salas Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or selling your property, the Salas Realty team guides you every step of the way. They've got intimate knowledge of the neighborhoods and schools and trends and everything uh, to suit you or to match you with the perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salasrealtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salas way. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. We have been breaking down the Nashville Predators' first game of the year like crazy, Sean. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one game, and we've been waiting for it for a long time. <laughs> I know. But I think it's time to move on. We need to think about tomorrow, right? It's always good to think about. I mean, the sun will come out tomorrow, right? That's right. So what are a couple things that they need to change going into tomorrow? Because... Um, you know, they did lose. I mean, it's, despite it being a pretty exciting and, and fun game and a good good first look at Andrew Burnett and, and the new squad, what are some things that they need to change? I have one in mind. I have a feeling you have one in mind. I'm going to let you go first on this. What are some things that need to change? I, I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, after the game was over, I had to take my son to hockey practice. We we head into the locker room, and these, these kids are eight and nine years old, and one of his teammates, uh, one, of, one of his little buddies there named Parker, he, uh, he looks at me. And uh, he goes, did you watch the game? I said, oh, we finished listening to it on the radio on the way here. And he goes, they took way too many penalties. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, Parker, you're right. Absolutely too many penalties, <laughs> and especially against a team like, like Tampa Bay. Now, I, I don't know 
uh, you know, about the other teams yet. But you, you, if you take too many penalties against a team like Tampa Bay, you're going to have a bad night. And I can remember uh, talking to Matias Ekholm once, and he made the comment. He's like, we expect to – you know, have two to three, you know, penalty kills per night. He's like, but past that, it gets much harder to guarantee that we can defend them all. Just that onslaught of, you know, two minutes after two minutes of, of being shorthanded. It's rough. That's good. I, I can't disagree with that. The, the penalty situation is always something you want to avoid. Um, they're going to happen, but you, you can't take them at certain times, and that was kind of a, a big, big thing. I think my change – I would make one lineup change. Okay. I would go with Dante Fabro in in you know, on the defense. Uh, I I would actually probably say sit Lozon. Okay. I know that means that Carrier and Fabro, one of the two, is going to be playing on their offhand. Right. But I think it's worth it because Fabro. We talked about it last week. Fabro had a great camp. I think Fabro looks I'd really good. Agree. And his defensive ability in in covering both ends of the ice, I think, is something that they need to see and need to have. They really like Jeremy Lozon. I get it. They they really like that physical presence, but you know he did get the penalty. I know it was a bad call, but he got the penalty. I think this Fabro to me is just a better option. I mean, even on his offhand, I think he's a better option. You you'd put Fabro on his offhand yeah. over Carrie? Probably, probably, yeah. Okay, just I, Carrie is fine. I don't need to mess with him. But yeah, Fabro and Carrie, and then. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Fabro would be the best option there. I, I would also be okay if they just plugged Fabro in, carry out. I wouldn't like that as much, but I want to see Fabro. I want to see what he can do. I mean, they they paid him two and a half million dollars to play this year. Let's see it. Give me give me number fifty seven. Show me the Dante. Yeah, I mean, put put him in. I don't think that would make any other changes. Uh, Fagamo and McCarron were the other scratches. I think they did enough offensively. Let's let's roll that. I think they should roll that same lineup okay. on the forward end, and. Uh, Obviously, you see Soros in goal. Yes, every time. Well, not every not every game, but you know you need you need UC Soros in, in goal uh, if you're going to win most of your games. So, nothing wrong there. There you go. There's some changes I think for the the Predators to make before they take on the Seattle Kraken at home tomorrow. First game of the year. I'll be there uh, covering the game for Penalty Box Radio, of course. And uh, I think Sean Sean and I are going to pair off and you oh know, yeah, double dip. Not double dip. That's not the right word. Uh, we're gonna what is the word? Tag team. That's the one. Tag team back again. That's right. So, having covered all of the Nashville Predators, it is time for today's three-on-three draft. Sean, we have a good three-on-three draft topic for this evening. If you don't know what we're doing, this is the three-on-three draft where Sean and I are going to draft a topic of our choosing. And today's topic, here you go. Here's the scenario, Sean. Give it to me. You are in a Walgreens... CVS type drugstore kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, a riot breaks out. And you have to defend yourself. You get to draft. We are drafting tonight the three weapons that you will use to defend yourself in that Walgreens. You can't, you can't escape. Leaving the, leaving the store is not an option. It's too dangerous. Okay. You have to draft your three weapons to defend yourself in a Walgreens or a CVS. And Sean, you get to go first tonight because oh, I went first last time. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this one. My number one pick. I'm not going to waste any time. I am taking a metal cane. They have those in Walgreens. That's well done. Okay. Taking a metal cane. Now, what what are you doing with this cane? It's my melee weapon, Alex. (laughs) Okay. So, all right. So, blunt force trauma. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Also has a hook on the end. 
All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I I, I like that. I, I didn't really... I thought I kind of didn't think about the metal cane. I guess that they, they do have those. Mm. All right, here's my first one. Okay. Maybe I should tell you first of all. I I my strategy in this is defense and and trying to keep people away from me. I'm trying okay. to I'm trying to keep people away from me as as much as possible. This is not an attack thing. It's a, a keep people away from me. All right. So I'm going for a hairspray lighter combo. Did I take one of yours? Took one of mine, Alex. I'm getting the hairspray. I'm grabbing a lighter and I'm just. <laughs> Just keeping people away. I was hesitant to choose that first because I figured that hairspray <laughs> would be available in the later rounds. <laughs> no, no. But you've really put me on my heels now because okay. that was my number two choice. Okay, all now right. Now I don't have a ranged weapon. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> all right, what's your second choice? Well, i got to have a ranged weapon, so I'm going to grab a nice ice-cold 24-pack of Coors Light. Okay. Is this just to enjoy while nope. the place is getting ransacked nope. or what? There's two things that can happen with this. One, those are heavy little suckers. I'll throw one at somebody. It's my new ranged weapon. Okay. I don't have fire like you do. Okay. But what I do have is 12 <laughs> ounces of pain coming hey. at you wrapped in a hot metal jacket, right? So, well, actually, a cold metal well, jacket. Alcohol is the solution to all of life's problems. And then I'm hoping that and if And the it, cause. And the cause. And I hope if it hits somebody, maybe they'll open it, drink it, the more inebriated they get, the easier they'll be to take down. It's going to take a while. I, you know, we've got it's time. Of course, it's light. It's not, not hard liquor. It's also CVS. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I, incidentally, my, my second choice is also a ranged weapon. Mm. A big old pack of C batteries. <laughs> or, D, or D batteries. One of the two. Uh, so, you know the you know the big pack, like the 12, yeah. you know? Yeah. Remember, I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to attack anybody. I am just hunkered in a corner trying to defend myself. I've got the hairspray ladder combo for when they get close, but, yeah, ranged weapon, exactly. So, I'm, I'm going to just chuck these things. Just stay away. These batteries hurt. Yeah, it takes me back to, uh, takes me back to Oakland Raiders games. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, what's your, what's your last pick? With my final pick in the three-on-three draft. Uh-huh. I'm going full defense here, and I am getting, once again, a metal walker. <laughs> okay, so this are you building like a barricade, like Le Resistance, French I Revolution? I mean, I'm going to have you know a nice metal structure around me to keep me safe. You can also attack with it if you need to, but it's got a lot of angles there. You can uh, defend against incoming melee weapons. How, the, to be honest... Sean, your your thing sounds more like you're ready. You you got a cane, a walker, and a twelve pack of Coors Light. You you sound like you're just like relaxing in the corner. It sounds like, like gra Grandpa's retirement. <laughs> no, right. Sean is eighty seven years old. <laughs> okay, well my last one's kind of weird. I I thought about this one and I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but I, I do think it would be effective. <laughs> so I'm gonna set up like kind of a home alone situation. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get uh, a bunch of shampoo. Slash liquid soap kind of thing. Okay. I, remember, I'm hunkered down in a corner, and oh, I'm just fair. gonna spill it all the way around me, so that when people walk by, they slip and fall. Right. And they're incapacitated. Right. So that's my kind of. It, again, it's like a Home Alone, like I like wet it. bandits broke in, and I'm trying to defend myself. And then I could throw batteries at them, and if you get too close, hairspray and lighter. I like that. Okay. Um, I thought when you said Home Alone, I thought you were gonna like set up a toy train with like a like a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan on it to make people <laughs> think that. Like Michael a distraction. Jordan was home. Like, oh, there's Michael Jordan. What's he doing here? And the next thing you know, bam, <laughs> that'd battery. Be that'd be good, too. 
Uh, or I could take your strategy and just like give them a bunch of junk food and hopefully they get fat and lazy and they can't <laughs> come get me anymore. You're in something. it for the long haul. Alex. Yeah, you, you you gotta... I don't know how long you think this riot lasts. I was thinking like, you know, an hour, but you're thinking it's like. Uh, you said we can't get out. <laughs> well, eventually you, when it you... gets cleared. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. So I got I got batteries. I've got hairspray and lighter, and I've got shampoo to, to spread around so people can slip and fall. So and you've got what your old your old man stuff. Well, I've got a metal cane. I've got a twenty four pack of Coors Light. In, in retrospect, I probably should have taken glass bottles because oh. then you could break them and stab somebody. Yeah. Uh, and a metal walker That's for right. for defense. Okay. All right. Well, that has been the three on three draft. Uh, we will do that every week. Uh, this week, um, I think I win. Yeah, I, I, let's go with uh, you know you, you know why you win because you took my weapon away. We could uh, we could try to get the um, our, our producer whoever it is we could uh, we could get I'm not I, I'm just saying like whoever we have as a producer every week we could get them to judge. You I don't could know. Vote. Yeah, I, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. But uh, thank you very much for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live. Really appreciate it. Uh, the Predators back in action tomorrow. Seattle Kraken home at Bridgestone Arena. We will uh, be there to, to cover that one and talk about it next week. Uh, thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate and uh, the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. Sean? Alex? Take it easy. Have a good week. You too. We'll see everyone next week. <laughs>